This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This, this is Fifth Avenue Faceoff. Welcome back in. It is the first episode of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I'm Chris Mack of the Fan Morning Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan and the BetQL Network uh, with Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's where you go. To download the podcast, subscribe there, too. You'll get new ones delivered to you as soon as they get released. Episode one, thanks to Eric Tangrady for shooting it with us for a couple of minutes, talking about this current Penguins team and some of his adventures in the game as well. Speaking of adventures, this guy, an absolute legend. Look at this beauty. Dave Hansen of the Hansen Brothers from Slapshot. Dave, thanks for doing this for a couple of minutes. We really appreciate it. I'm really honored to be on your first podcast, one of many, I hope. Yes, absolutely. Well, look, as a kid growing up in Western PA, playing hockey, especially where I did, I didn't learn to skate until I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I learned to skate down at the old Neville Ice Arena on the south side. So, you know, when I saw you skating the other day at the uh, charity, (laughs) it was obvious, wasn't it? (laughs) But, uh, you know, you're I'm, I'm used to a certain level of grittiness, a certain level of, you know, down in the muck and the grit and the grime. And that's what the Hanson brothers kind of represented for a lot of us that grew up playing hockey. Like I said, in Western PA, that toughness, what, or, and it also represents, I think the fun of hockey. Like there's not a kid who grew up playing hockey, Western PA or otherwise of a certain age who doesn't have at least a few lines from slap shot that they can quote bang right off the top of their head. It's a classic, one of the best sports movies of all time. And what I had no idea until I really started digging into the research is that you weren't originally slated to be a Hanson brother. Is that right? Yeah. The, uh, you know, the quick version of a long story is simply that that movie was written at the time by a teammate's sister uh, while we were playing at Johnstown for the Johnstown Jets of the old North American Hockey League, which was the new Eastern Hockey League, which is if you ever want to read up some some harrowing stories and fun stories you read about the Eastern Hockey League. But yeah, the, the plan was, you know, when, when she wrote the script, sold it to Universal Studios, they started casting, they wanted to get a, you know, they were going after, after A-listed uh, actors, uh, Nick Nolte, you know, John Travolta, you know, some of the big names wow. at the time. And they got them all on the ice rinks and they found out they couldn't skate and they tried to teach them how to skate and guys were getting their ankles busted and, and just wasn't improving. And so the the recommendation was from uh, somebody was, well, why don't we go back? And since, you know, these parts were written after real people, i.e. 
three brothers that uh, Jeff Jack and Steve Carlson were playing with us at the time and Dave Hansen, i.e. Dave Killer Hansen, you know, why don't we go back and see if they can do something with it? So the plan, as I was told, was originally you're going to have the three Carlson brothers playing the Hansen brothers mm-hmm. because they, they were big, they wore black ring glasses, they had long hair, and you're going to have Dave Hansen play the Dave Killer Carlson role. When they made that decision and they were getting ready to start, you know, the filming and so forth and so on, Jack was uh, up in Edmonton playing for the Edmonton Oilers. And the Oilers were getting in the playoffs. They weren't going to let Jack come, you know, just leave the team and come back. So they they threw me in as the Jack Hansen brother. And although I'm a heck of a lot better looking than those other two guys, they stuck <laughs> their glasses on me. And, you know, and we're all from Minnesota. We all grew up in Minnesota. We all lived together in the same house. So, you know, like anything else, when you're 19, 20, 21 years old, you pick up the same stupid antics and routines. So we just kind of, blend, you know, Blended together, and, and you know what you saw is what you got. So, so the stinking root beer and the slot cars and uh, the foil—is that all written into the script, or is that stuff that, as you guys, like you said, were living together, you'd been on the same team? Is that stuff that you had talked about and you brought it to? I think it was George Roy Hill, who's like the story director at the time, right? Had done Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and the Sting with Paul Newman. Yeah. Um, is that something you bring to the table or do you just kind of show up and that magic is in the script already? Well, kind of a little bit of both, Chris. I mean, the script was magic. Uh, I mean, if, if you ever look at anything that Paul Newman, you know, was quoted in writing or, or, you know, you see him on tape when he talks about the thing that drew him to, to the script was just how well it was written and, and the humor of it. And, and so, you know, things like the race car set, well, we all lived in the same house. Like I said earlier, the Carlson's lived on one floor, myself and the guy that played pretty, pretty boy, Billy Charlebois, you know, lived on another floor. And when we had a day off on a weekend, which was very unusual, because usually we were on a bus riding to or riding from somewhere, we would put all the furniture aside. We put up the race car set and we would race cars all afternoon. So, you know, Nancy Dowd, who was the brilliant uh, screenplay writer, she took that aspect of it and, you know, put it in in the thing one of the funny things about about the ad-libbing part was again she had all these awesome lines but when we tried to act the lines i mean i can remember when we first started it we got in front of the camera and we had these scripted lines and george Ray hill says action we were so robotic you know he said cut let's give it an art try and we do it again cut you know and after about four or five times he said well let hey, everybody take a break for a minute uh, except for you guys. <laughs> Don actually says, listen, he says, this is the scene. This is the setup. You know, you know your lines. He says, but what would you say or what would you do in something like this? And we'd say, well, we don't know. We just kind of, you know, we'd wing it. He says, well, okay. He says, let's give that a try. And so pull everybody back in. He say, action. We kind of wung it. And he said, that's a take. We'll keep that one. And from that point on, he gave us that liberty to, you know, say the lines and that throw in ad libs and that kind of stuff. So a lot, you know, a lot of stuff is really the scripted lines, but a lot of it or some of it is the ad lib. And that just, that's what really caught on. And I think that was one of the brilliance of George Roy Hill, you know, who ironically was also from Minnesota. Right. Knew nothing about hockey, which I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> certainly knew uh, humor and pulled the best out of everybody there. 
yeah how do you grow up on the iron range and not know anything about yeah. hockey especially <laughs> minor league hockey so so how did the hockey scenes work? Like, did you guys actually play out games or are you standing around for 20 minutes while they set a camera a certain way? And then somebody says, all right, you're going to dump the puck into the corner. You're going to smack every guy on the Hyannisport bench with your stick in the back of the head. And then you're going to get into a line brawl. Like how orchestrated is it? Well, and again, it was a combination of both. I mean, you, you look at the faraway scenes and that was when, hey, guys, just go and play hockey. We're going to shoot this, you know, from from above the arena down uh and it was fast action because because literally at at that point most of everybody on the ice were real pros uh you know they had a double for newman so it was really good hockey action stuff on the close-ups and and you know on, on the focus scenes like steve slapping the guys down the down the boards with a stick or us going in the corner and crushing a guy or or a me tripping a goalie i mean those are all scripted out the advantage we had was of course was it was usually against other pro hockey players so we all were used to the physical aspect of it so when we would run somebody in the corners you know it was usually somebody we played against in the regular season so it was kind of like our opportunity to hey now let's we can really get this guy you know and then we would we would smash him in fact there's a funny story about that is the first one of the first when we did the the sequence you know when the Fanson brothers finally hit the ice and they go mm -hmm. through the montage of the things that we do there's that one scene right towards the end of that montage where I skate up behind a guy, grab him by the shoulder, swing around, nail him. He falls down. I jump on top of him. Well, George was setting that all up for us. Dave, this is where he's going to come into. You skate in. The camera's over here. You can grab him by the shoulder, take a good swing at him, miss him. He'll fake like you hit him. You fall down. I said, okay, great. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, the guy that I was going to do was a jerk that I played against all season long. I didn't like him at all. I see where this is going. See where it's going, right? So action. I come skating in and fool him around. I go wham, and I just nail him right in the chops. He goes down and knock him out and jump on top of him. And, and everybody saw what the heck happened. Yeah. And they're all like screaming, yelling, medic, cut. Oh, my, you know, and George is going, oh, my God, what did you do? What the heck did you do? with this? I said, George. I'm not a movie star. I never did this before. I guess I, you know, missed my mark. I slipped. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of how the whole movie for three months it was kind of that kind of routine with us. So you guys spent the whole summer together. I mean, by the end, I mean, what, what's it like? I mean, you guys more or less become like brothers, right? You and Steve and Jeff. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Oh yeah, well, you know, prior to that, back in back when we when we all played in Minnesota, you know, Jeff and Steve and were all up on the Iron Range. The Carlson brothers were from the Iron Range. I grew up in Twin Cities in St. Paul. In the summertime, you know, we would play against each other. They come down, we'd play. So I, I so I knew them then. And then when our first year pro, we all signed together. We all signed for the WHA, which for the Minnesota Fighting Saints, and Johnston was their farm team. So. That 74, 75 season, we all lived together, played together, rode the buses together, did, you know, drank in the bars together, did everything together that whole time. So when we got around to the second season, that's when they filmed at the end of the second season. So 
Yeah, we got to know each other very well. We, you know, to this day, you know, I consider them as brothers, uh, still stay in touch. And, and, you know, certainly we've had a post, we finished our professional hockey careers. And, you know, as you know, and many others around the world, the Hans brothers continue to tour and make appearances around the world. So, so yeah, you can kind of say that, you know, we are a family. We, we were a family then and we continue to be a family. That being said, I saw a couple months ago that Steve Carlson, who I know was battling throat cancer, it looks like he's doing a lot better. When's the last time you talked to him? How is he? Yeah, from my understanding, you know, last time I talked to Steve, he went through all the treatments. Uh, the treatments went well. He's having some uh, uh, some residual issues. But, you know, as far as uh, what those treatments were there to accomplish, I guess they did that. And he's, he's on a pretty good road to recovery. And ironically, I hate to say it, but even his brother Jeff, the older brother, uh, he had his own run-in with some throat cancer as well. And ironically, Jack, the person I portrayed, uh, had something similar a few years ago as well. So, wow. it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but they all seem to be coming through it okay, which is a blessing. So you get through the summer of filming, right, in Johnstown, and then all of a sudden you're back to playing again. And before you know it, you're you're called up, right? You're, you're back in, in the WHA. And I'm just curious, you guys – have just been portrayed, and maybe the movie wasn't out yet, but I'm sure it came out at some point while you were still active. And people are like, okay, here's how I get to make my name now. We're playing the Hanson Brothers. All right, time to go. How many times did you have to drop them in, in the middle of games once you guys were back and actively playing again just because of the movie and the reputations that preceded you? Well, Chris, I say the movie is more fact than fiction. That even pertains to the Hanson brothers, you know, because my role as as Jeff, not so much Steve. Steve was more of a, a, a skilled player because he was the puppy of the of the three brothers. He didn't have to fight because Jeff and Jack were usually always there you know, on his behalf and me, you know, for the first couple of years of pro. So so our you know, my continuing of dropping the gloves had nothing to do with the Hanson brothers. What the, what really had to do with the Hanson brothers is, you know, I would go into another arena uh, for example, Dallas, you know, when the movie came out next season, I'm playing in Dallas and I'm skating around in warmups. And of course you're used to, you know, nobody likes the enforcer from the other team or right. I'm called the goon, you know, you're an enforcer on the home team, but you're a goon on the other team. So I'm skating around in Dallas and I'm hearing the usual during warmups, the booze and this and that and from the section. And, and I don't acknowledge him and I keep coming around and then suddenly it started, it turned into cheering and I'm going, what the heck? And I look up, there's an entire section of fans with the, with the black rim glass with the fake nose holding up the Hanson Brothers Booster Club banner, you know? So, so, you know, that kind of stuff. And I line up against a guy that I, you know, I played against, I would be playing against and he looked at me and he said, Hey, buy a soda after the game. <laughs> So it kind of became more of a fun thing, you know. I mean, I'd go into the opposing cities, and, of course, the newspapers wanted to do a feature article. and mm -hmm. So and more than anything, it turned into a fun thing, you know. But the dropping of gloves, I mean, if I didn't drop the gloves, I, my career was over with. I had a, you know, I had a great career, but it would be not from goal scoring. It was from dropping the gloves most of the time. Did you ever actually have foil on underneath there? Well, again, I go back to more fact and fiction. Oh, and, oh boy, know, here we go. Yeah. So in Johnstown, when we broke in, the pros, you know, I as well as Jeff and Jack, we would tape up the knuckles on our hands, kind of like a you know a boxer mm -hmm. taping the knuckles up. 
And, you know, first first few months we're going through the league and we're dropping the gloves. We've got tape in our hands. And, and I don't know who started complaining, but the commissioner then put a rule in where you cannot have tape on your hands and get into a fight or else it becomes a, a major penalty, more of you know, a game misconduct of some sort. So the, you know, the ingenious uh, deviates that we were, our coach was a golf pro at the Wimber Country Club in Wimber, Pennsylvania, but he was our coach in Johnstown in the season. So we said that, you know, we said to coach, he said, hey, coach, can you, you think maybe you can get us some golf gloves? And he said, why? He said, well, I don't know, you know, we just, we want some golf gloves. Well, remember, Chris, back then, compared to now, the golf gloves were pretty uh, leather. They were thick yeah. leather, unlike the synthetic stuff. So we got some golf gloves. So what we did is we got them, we scuffed up the knuckles on the gloves, put them overnight. We'd set them on the radiator that was behind us next mm-hmm. to Pet Brick. He always kept his Pet Brick there. And then right before game time, we'd slip them on with a nice crispy and crunchy. And before oh. they got all doggy and stuff, we'd drop our gloves and, and you know have that advantage and go at it. So Nancy obviously took that to the next level yeah. and had us put foil on every game. Yeah, you want some? Oh, that's amazing. Dave Hansen uh, of the Hansen Brothers. Uh, it, it's I, I could sit here and ask you questions and listen to stories for hours, but it sounds like what's amazing for somebody who grew up watching the movie like me is that, like you said, a whole lot more fact than fiction and a whole lot of reality in the movie Slapshot, even though it was, again, and still is, one of the best sports movies of all time. I know these days... Uh, you're w- working at Robert Morris. We got some mutual friends who you work with, and I know also you're on Cameo, and and your cameos are amazing. You really put like some celebrities, they they get a, you know they get a couple bucks for a cameo. They go hi, happy birthday, so and so, and I uh, hope it's a great day. No, you get into these cameos. These are solid. I was looking at some. Well, you know when the COVID hit, of course nobody went anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly traveling was out of it. So. So it's kind of like my son said, Christian, who, who you, Christian says to me, he says, hey, dad, he says, you know, out there called Cameo. I, you know, and I, I don't do social media. I have no idea. You know, I'm an old fart when it comes to that stuff. And so he explains to me, I says, hey, listen, nobody's going to want to see me or one handsome brother and Cameos. He says, oh, you know, people will want it. I guarantee. You. I said, no. So I put it off for months and he just kept bugging me. So really as something to kind of prove him wrong and proved me right i said okay let's give it a try bang i got slammed you know with requests for divorces bar mitzvahs uh you know pep talks uh you know all the real things and of course like anything else i didn't know what to expect and i started out kind of real slow but thinking well they're gonna they're thinking they're gonna get jack hansen number 16 of the chief so i started with that so it's kind of grown to a thing where i have a ball with it you know, I put on Lady of Spain music in the background, you know, that Newman said never play Lady of Spain again. Yeah, yeah. I put on a foil and, but, you know, and people just feedback said, oh my God, you know, dad's going to love this. My sister's going to love it, this and that. But, you know, it's even turned to some real kind of inspirational stuff for me, Chris. I got to be, I got to be honest with you. I just did one for a guy that said, hey, my buddy just had a serious life-threatening accident. He's going to have a long road of recovery. He needs a little bit of a pep talk. You think he could do something for me, so for him. So I did something, sent it off. I said, hope this worked. He sends me back a text. He says, hey, he says, this is office. He's going to love this when he wakes up. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's unconscious. 
Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, I, you know, I hope it adds something to kind of, you know, lift his spirits and get on it. So, it, you know, it's a lot of fun. And then it, and it sometimes it's, it's kind of a, a good thing for the soul. So I'm having a blast with it. No. And, and I, again, I appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure people uh, would love to get one from you. Go, go to Cameo, just search Dave Hansen. He's out there. You can find him. And if you haven't watched it lately, if, or how about this? If you have a hockey fan, I don't know. Would we say it's PG-13, Dave, right? I mean, if you got a teenage hockey player in your life, it's probably safe to show them slap shot. That's the first time I saw it, I was, I think, 13 or 14. Take take your favorite hockey player, young hockey player, who maybe hasn't seen it yet, and let him see slap shot and see for himself what it was like back uh, in, in, in the minors back in the day. Because uh, it's, again, the fact that it's more fact than fiction, I think, is the best part of all your stories. Yeah, yeah, I it's amazing. I got, you know, people from the golden age to ankle biters that are coming up <laughs> to me and giving me lines. I mean, I've had, I've had, I've had a 10 year old come up to me and, and just give me a line that comes out of uh, screaming Buffalo swamp. Well, actually he didn't say anything, but I Gilmore Tuttle's mouth. And uh, it's like, Oh my God, what did you say? And then he says it again. I says, where's your parent? He yeah. there and the parents laughing his butt off. And I'm saying, that's bad parenting. You got a 10 year old. But under the appropriate circumstances, yeah, it's good entertainment. You got to watch it. Well, I, I'll thank you one more time and let you run, Dave. I know you got stuff going on, but, but I appreciate the time again. Thanks for coming on episode one of Fifth Avenue Face Off. And uh, tell everyone that you're still in touch with from the movie. We appreciate it because it's a classic. And uh, for a lot of us, it informs us of just how fun and how wild and crazy hockey can be. So thanks again. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, and listen, I... I by uh, your conversation with Tangle there. And uh, I guarantee you, there's a picture out there somewhere with him in Kazakhstan with a Borat suit on. I guarantee you there is. Oh, this this might need to be uncovered now. We've got some investigative reporting to do, Dave. You Thank you for the tip. I appreciate it. Uh, it. Take care of yourself and we'll talk again soon. All right, buddy. Look forward to it. Man, what a way to get things started. For episode one of Fifth Avenue Face-Off, an Odyssey original Pittsburgh hockey podcast. We will talk plenty of Penguins. I hope you enjoyed the conversations today with Eric Tangrady and Dave Hansen. Man, Dave Hansen. What what a legend. What a beauty. Uh, telling us some of those stories about Slapshot and just how real some of it was in his experience in the minor leagues. And thanks again to Tango for joining us, giving his insight into what exactly is going on with the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. It sounds like what the Penguins are doing, kind of remaining patient and waiting for the team to come out of the all-star break and maybe catch a second wind might be what a lot of people around the hockey world are expecting them to do. We'll see how long they can hold out though. If they don't come out of that all-star break strong before the all-star break really kicks into high gear. So episode two of fifth Avenue Faceoff, I will talk to, uh, the Athletics Analytics and Video Breakdown God, G-O-W-D, Jesse Marshall. Uh, he does a fantastic job for the athletic, breaking down film, looking into analytics and telling you where the actual evidence is of what's gone wrong with this team. Again, as they gun for 17th consecutive playoff appearance. And also Jenna Harner of 11 on the Ice on WPXI. She does a great job of covering this team on a near daily basis. We'll get her take on where this team is at as it heads through the All-Star break and into the stretch run of the season with the trade deadline just about a month away now. So episode two out soon. Don't forget, subscribe inside your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
rate, review, share. We appreciate you doing all of it. You can always email me, chris.mack, M-A-C-K, at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y. I'll take your questions, Q&A. We can always fire a couple of those in there as well. And we'll continue to keep you up to date on just what to keep an eye out for with your Pittsburgh Penguins here in what is arguably the best hockey con in America, Pittsburgh with the help of 93.7 The Fan and Odyssey. Again, I'm Chris Mack. Until next time, this has been Fifth Avenue Faceoff.